Welcome to the Shadow Things Podcast. Shadow Things podcast. I'm here today by my lonesome in the studio because we unfortunately have a a bout of COVID nineteen going around the uh, the the podcast studio um, deep deep in the underground bunker here. So I'm flying solo. Um, Vanessa is not with us remotely because she has some uh, other things she needs to tend to today. So I am flying solo in the studio, but I do have. Almost as always, Kurt Ehas on the line, ready to rock it out with me today, and we're gonna talk about all things because it's you know it's tis the season, so we're gonna talk about all things you know, witchy, witchcraft, Wicca, whatever you want to label it as. So we're gonna talk all all things witches today with Kurt. Kurt, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Expecting all kinds of hate. Oh. I did not expect that. So <laughs> does that mean we're going to tell some truths and try to kind of dispel some of the the myths and maybe not hide some shit and lay it all out? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell the truth the way I see it, I perceive it, and I know it will probably, I don't know, um, necessarily what the listener community for our podcast is like, but... Uh, uh, I don't pull punches when it comes to uh, this subject. Hey, that worked for me. Yeah, I like it. So, so I know personally that you have some experience with, you know, Wicca and all that stuff. So why don't you give the audience kind of a brief overview um, how you are a subject matter expert on witchcraft? All right, so uh, I, uh, as a teenager, uh, well, I mean, lots of teenagers are always looking for answers to questions that their, their authority figures can't answer. So um, I just started uh, doing a lot of reading, and you know, I had, you know, as a youth, been to Dungeons and Dragons and things like that, and. Uh, it piqued my curiosity. Was was magic real? Was you know, beyond the illusionist uh, David Copperfield sort of magic? And uh, so I started get books. Uh, the first occult book, I believe, that I owned, because um, there was a time period where I bought three or four books at a time, and I I think first one I actually bought. Though was Aleister Crowley's uh, magic and theory and practice, which of course isn't actually witchcraft. Wicca it is ceremonial magic, 
and probably actually sent me more down on the pathway of ceremonial magic rather than Wicca. Um, and uh, shortly after that, I started, you know, also looking at other other cult books, uh, cult ideals. Uh, there was a, a book, can't remember the title of it, uh, but there was a, a um, gentleman named uh, Leo Mattello, and he uh, wrote a book about the Strega, which uh, is like your traditional Italian uh, village witch, the woman that people go to for little potions and that sort of thing. And his grandmother had been a Strega. Um, so... You know, this is this is primarily where you know our modern neo paganism really comes from is from these um, old magic uh, sort of things. Because, I mean, honestly, to tell the truth, nobody that's alive today uh, knows exactly what the religion itself was like as far as the ancient world goes. And it's actually one of my my huge peeves that uh, you know neo paganism, modern Wicca, uh, they they invoke all kinds of gods and goddesses across all the pantheons of mythology, and it's like the Greeks didn't do that, the Romans didn't do that, the Celts certainly didn't do that. In fact, you know many wars were fought because Rome would invade an area and try to force, say, the Celt, for example, to accept the Roman gods over their Celtic, you know, traditional gods. So it's kind of one of those, those things about modern neo-paganism that, that, that's like a burr in the saddle. Uh, it's not a religion. It's a, an attempt at having a religion based on old ways that, in some cases have been passed down from, you know, grandmother to granddaughter over, you know, centuries or whatever. For the most part, all that is is uh, kitchen witch, you know, folk magic, love potions, that sort of thing. And, you know, it, it wasn't until I, I, the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s where different People within the big community, whether they came from, you know, the majority of them probably Gardnerian Wicca. Uh, Gerald Gardner had written a book, uh, I believe, in the late 50s, early 1960s, and actually had a cousin in England with a lot of followers. Um, Ray Buckland, who is one of the most famous, um, he was had been a member of Gardner's Cup. But Gerald Gardner, a lot of the stuff that he had written in his book actually came from conversations and things that he had had with Aleister Crowley. So it kind of, that oh, wow. kind of jumps, yeah, that kind of jumps back to the whole ceremonial magic thing. Um, the Anaharnon do what they wilt, which is uh, the, I don't know, the moral uh, code for. Uh, Crowley and spiritual magic and, and that stuff uh, as well as modern neo-paganism. Um, it, it all goes back to Crowley and do what thou wilt should be the whole law. Love is the law, love under will. <laughs> wow. um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, so, I, I, I kind of rabbit hold on you a little bit because you were asking me about my experience. Well, you know, and, and, you know uh, I kind of expected that, but, and, and that was <laughs> line of, line of, um, you know, that's where I was going next was kind of the his, history of witchcraft and, and, you know, where did it start? Where, how deep do the roots go? So we're, we're talking, um, you know, can, can witches, you know, quote unquote witches, um, be traced back to, you know, early paganism and, and the Druids and, or is that just way out there? Am I off topic? No, I mean, I understand your question. Um, the modern neo-paganism movement is built off of cobbling um, legends, cobbling mythology. Um, some, in some respects, some did look at sociological studies of earlier religions, uh, which. I respect a lot more than than the people who just kind of do things and right. you know let's let's throw a turret at the wall and see see if it sticks sort of uh, concept. Um, at least they're you know trying to study you know what it was like you know two thousand years ago to be a druid in in Great Britain or Ireland or Scotland. There. What was that? I, I said at least there's some effort there, right? Right, right, and and. And learning and educating uh, themselves um, versus, you know, reading a, a book, reading a book uh, by somebody who wrote it, say, in the 1970s or, or early 1980s, um, trying to, you know, just say, okay, so if you light a purple candle, um, you're, you're, going for this kind of mood or whatever. And, uh, you know, there's a, a bit of psychology thrown in, uh, especially when you talk about uh, colors and uh, using different colors as far as um, trying to get in touch with moods or whatever, right. uh, which is no different, in my opinion, than, you know, wearing a mood ring and you see somebody's got a green on their mood ring and you go, hey, you're horny right now. <laughs> Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. You know, it's, so you know another another you know historic example. A lot of people, especially uh, American modern neo pagans, they they all they refer to things like the burning times to try to I don't know get sympathy or some sort of you know extra status politically. You know, oh, you know, the witches suffered the burning times, blah, 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 blah. Well, first of all, there were never any witches burned in the United States. So the By Salem, the time the United States... The Salem what? witch trials were misunderstood? No, the Salem witch trials, uh, you know, they hung the people they found guilty. Yeah, it looks like... By, by the time... You know, by the time the... Uh, the you know, Salem and Massachusetts and, and, and uh, 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 Plymouth Bay or Massachusetts Bay and Plymouth Plantations were founded. Um, the way they kind of viewed it was 
burning heretics was more of a European thing. Right. It wasn't in vogue in New England to burn somebody at the stake. Yeah, gotcha. So, so I guess the Salem witch trials happened what between 1692 and 1693? Is that right? It was, yeah, 1692, 93-ish. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I'm reading here. It says 200 people were accused and 20 were executed. So, what you're telling me is is that none of the 20 were actually burned, uh, you know, as part of the trials. Yeah, not not one witch was ever burned in the uh, North American continent. So, is it is it fair to say that not many people um, accused of witchcraft or otherwise were burned? I mean, most people back in those, you know, the well in Europe in Europe burning uh, heretics, and, and it didn't matter if they were witches, if they right. were Jews, if Blue they were. Uh, just dissenters as far as the Catholic Church went. Um, a lot of times they would burn not only that particular person, but if they had written any books, they'd burn the books along with them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thomas More. Thomas More is a great example of that. Uh, Henry VIII and him had a falling out, sure. and he ended up being tried as a heretic and burned. Sure, and he refused to budge from his beliefs. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, he was a staunch Catholic. Uh, so, right. I mean, who's the heretic? You know, right. I mean, uh, it, it. a lot of times in these situations, especially when you look at, uh, uh, like, New England at the time, uh, as well as any, even back into the Middle Ages, when, when people were tried either for things like treason or, or heresy, um, they lost the rights to their property, and those rights to the property usually reverted to the crown or the crown's representative in the area. Right. So if you had a county sheriff, for example, in uh, Massachusetts, and he wanted the land that you owned, it was pretty easy to you know get you uh, accused of heresy and then uh, tried, hung, and now I have your property. Sure. Rather than, you know, doing the legitimate thing of actually, you know, offering to pay for it and buy the land. Right. Yeah, that, that's incredible. So witchcraft, you know, historically speaking, was a big thing because, you know, if, if you were, I don't know, if you, if you, if you displayed any sort of, um, you know, signs of, um, unknown explanation and your behavior or you know you were looked at for committing a crime but the the cause was not known but you were subject to that you know you were the you you were the accused back in them days you know 14th well yeah 16th century you know large quantities of people who were mentally ill Correct. were probably executed as witches um yeah. you have uh queen anne boleyn one of the charges against her was witchcraft sure <laughs> which of course she wasn't burned at the stake she had her head removed uh, right so you know uh it witchcraft was a convenient um easy charge to levy against someone i guess you'd say right. like for example with with Anne boleyn um when she was a, a young girl and she was trying to find uh love she made a love potion well 
she's practicing witchcraft killer right yeah. you know and there were you know people there were lots of people who 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 sought out you know love potions and things <laughs> it, it, you know it's it's one of those uh i don't know human things uh can can i somehow you know make something that takes all the hard work out of you know finding love and and building a relationship with someone sure yeah understood so yeah i, I didn't know Anne Boleyn had done the love potion thing that's that's quite interesting i know she was accused of other things by you know the king um her husband <laughs> um, yeah you know adultery being one of them but but the witchcraft part you know, not just adultery but incest yes yeah with her brother um, right yeah very very uh interesting story there i'm a big tutors guy myself but um yeah so so let's talk about so basically you know smithsonian magazine says there was a big witchcraft craze in europe from the beginning yes. of the 14th century to the end of the 15th and tens of thousands of people were executed do you think that might be an accurate number Oh, yeah, um, because you also have to think about the fact that the same time period included the Spanish Inquisition, which was also right. part of that witch hysteria. Right. Um, but, like I said, it wasn't just people who were accused of witchcraft. I mean, they, the Spanish Inquisition killed people for being Jewish. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so, that, so those numbers can be quite convoluted or you know overemphasized well then you all right you have to understand that you know especially in the the uh what they call the high middle ages or late middle ages um you're starting to see a lot of uh eastern science because in the eastern world whether it's china or arabia uh they did a lot more as far as medicine went than what we were doing in europe the the church didn't allow dissection of human bodies and things like that so you had to rely on medical texts coming from uh islamic nations or for, wow. or further east in china uh so then anybody who was studying these uh really could be accused of witchcraft also because here they're you know they're they're practicing medicine but to the medieval mind and the church authority that was practicing witchcraft right w would alchemy be considered a form of witchcraft historically historically absolutely uh but you know the many courts of kings had alchemists as well as astrologers right that, that, so that seems so to be, uh... there, there's a certain <laughs> level that was accepted by the powers that be and a certain amount that wasn't. Yeah. They, 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 a uh, witchery, but they, not a full lot of witchery. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the the wealthy old widow in, you know, this little village over here uh, that, you know, somebody comes down with the flu and she gives them chicken noodle soup and they get better. She's a witch. Right. <laughs> yeah. So for good and bad, if, if, if you know, if you have a quote unquote white witch versus a, a dark witch, we'll get into the types of witches in a little bit, but even if you have one that does good, you're accused of 
of, of being a witch, would that be a bad thing too, to be accused of a good witch? Well, I mean, witchcraft is witchcraft, no matter what, you know, right. what way you were using it. You know, you would think that uh, someone would say, well, she's a healer. Yeah. But if she has something that the government wants, say land and possessions and things like that, uh, like an old widow might, you know, she has the land that her husband, you know, owned. and But the sheriff now is coveting that land. It only follows that instead of saying, well, she's a healer and a white witch, uh, she's practicing witchcraft, which is against the law, period. Right. So, yeah. hang her. How, how, were, how were prophets such as Nostradamus, you know, uh, what is that, 15th century uh, France? Well, so what, how would he be Nostradamus doing? was an astrologer and a physician for the, court, the king's court. Right. So he was one of those that specially licensed heretics. You know, basically, <laughs> he, he was working for the crown, you know, so it, what he was doing wasn't viewed as, I guess, heresy or uh, illegal witchcraft. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. I mean, it's that's really unbelievable how, you know, what's good for one is not good for all, as long as you're, you know, either the... You're you're either the the court, the crown, or the you know a royal. Um, but if you if you do anything of the sort, otherwise, uh, you're executed or at least accused. Well, and even if you weren't executed, if you look at the uh, two hundred people accused in in Salem, most of them's lives were completely destroyed and ruined, whether they ended up dead or not. Uh, many of them lost land. Uh, some of them were run out of the area. Yeah. So what what happened? Let's talk. Let's switch gears to America. Um, Post sixteen twenties. Let's talk about thereafter. What what happened to views on witchcraft in America post Salem witch, witch trials? Well, uh, if you well post Salem witch trials would be the early seventeen hundreds. Uh, because that was 1690s. Um, right. So post the, the Salem witch trials, um, you're, you're talking about the Age of Enlightenment has started now. So we're, we're in transitioning from you know, the old medieval folk ways and the folk ideas and lack of science to the Age of Enlightenment where you have uh, uh, great minds like Isaac Newton and John Locke that uh, are are doing science and, and looking at, you know, chemistry. So alchemy, from alchemy comes chemistry, you know, the whole science of chemistry. Sir Isaac Newton was actually an alchemist, but also a chemist and physicist and, you know, uh, I believe it's called uh, a polymath, somebody who dabbles in a lot and knows a lot about a lot of things, but isn't an expert on one particular thing. Um, you know, the master, uh, uh, jack of all trades, master of none sort of idea. Um, so you get the age of enlightenment going on. So science is actually, science is pushing back against uh, the hardcore uh, religiosity of the church, the hardcore religiosity of society, uh, 
we're starting to understand how things really work mm-hmm. in, in our natural world. Um, so the the concept of uh, uh, a Thor that is you know God of thunder or, or an Odin that is God of lightning and these sort of concepts we know now you know by the late 1600s that lightning is actually just static and uh, reaction between the clouds and the earth itself and right. uh, uh, you know electrons you know discharging to ground um so um when you're talking about for example the massachusetts bay colony um there that area was mostly founded by what were called the Puritans, who were actually, you know, a, a group that separated from the Catholic Church, separated from the Church of England. Uh, it was part of the Protestant Reformation. And these people were actually considered at the time to be the big liberals. <laughs> you know, uh, they were, you know, thrown off the yoke of Rome and... They basically, in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, created their own religious tyranny. Uh, but then they go through um, what some people call the Calvinization um, in the early 1700s. And a lot of the um, real strict um, beliefs as far as church and God and things start to uh, move toward more of a message of, of of grace and understanding of grace and things like that. And so they mellow out quite a bit and they, they, they stop actually ex- executing people for being Baptists or things like that. Gotcha. So what? let's fast forward a little bit. So let's go into the... 1800s, early 1900s. How was witchcraft viewed, you know, both in the United States and around the world? Are we are we moving moving away from, you know, witches being viewed in the classical sense at that point? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and now we've had the age of enlightenment. Now we're moving into the industrial revolution, and and these concepts of of hag like women flying through the air on broomsticks are laughable. Uh, um, we know it's not true. Um, we're starting to to understand psychology, things like that. And um, you have to remember, though, that every time that there is a a major world conflict, major world type war situation, spiritualism tends to pop out, which I think would probably be the 1800s um, analog to witchcraft. Um, So you've got, uh, you know, the Seven Years' War, um, which our part of that was the War of 1812, um, then you have uh, several European wars as well as several North American wars, the, the uh, Spanish-American War, uh, Mexican-American wars, um, and then ultimate, ultimately the U.S. Civil War. What was that? You there? Hello? Yeah, yeah I'm here. What would you hear? 
something weird came through. It was like a distorted voice. Oh, that's almost demonic. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear anything on this end. That'll be that'll be interesting to play back later. <laughs> so yeah, you get the uh, American Civil War, and you know throughout that whole period, spiritualism really takes off. Um, and again, in the early 1920s, after uh, the uh, First World War, and then again after the Second World War, uh, you have these massive spiritual movements, people trying to contact dead loved ones, uh, which I think also leads to, you know, the, the 1960s, the dawning of the age of Aquarius, uh, Vietnam's going on. Um, so people are really trying to, you know, understand what we are as spiritual beings. We've done all the science now, you know, the industrial revolutions here, you know, we've made all these scientific advancements, but have we really made any spiritual advancements? So I think that our modern, uh, the neo-pagan uh, Wicca movement, you know, kind of stemmed from people's need, people's desire to uh, find that, that connection spiritually you know i can turn on a transistor radio and i can listen to you know a radio show i can listen to dick clark i can turn on my tv watch american bandstand but what has that done for me spiritually right yeah that that kind of explains it beautifully because that was one of my questions is you know from a modern standpoint you got you have your teenagers in the 1990s and they're they're watching a new movie called The Craft, you know, and they see these these four young ladies dressed in black, you know, I think black licks, lipstick, and they're doing the light as a feather, stiff as a board bullshit, and everybody all of a sudden wants to be a witch. So basically, that's their way of wanting to connect to to being spiritual, you know, in, in modern times. Well, and, and since our modern Christian faiths don't really get into what I truly believe is a spiritual connection. Uh, there's a lot of talk about it, um, but you know, having gone to some uh, large uh, modern uh, fundamentalist evangelical type churches, um, I don't see much difference, or I don't see much being done for getting people to actually believe that they have a spirit spiritual side uh i think that some of those those groups would even say that that you know saying that i have a spirit or i have a soul is tantamount to witchcraft wow that's that uh well i mean it's the way they behave um you know it's all right to you know want to connect spiritually with Jesus, but to say you want to connect spiritually in actual spirit, you know, with another human being, if it's not Christ, then it's witchcraft. Uh, yeah. So, so basically for some people dwelling into, you know, wicker witchcraft is just easy. Right. I mean, it's an easy it's an easy end for them to connect with the spiritual world and feel and feel powerful in their own rights. 
Well, yeah, I mean, we as humans, we always, that's that's one of the things that we, we do is we, we try to cheat the system. We try to game the system no matter what. I mean, it's it's part of our nature. Um, find the easy route. You know, I see it. I see it every day. You know, I work in the trades, and you know, one of the great things in the trades is, you know, you've got guys that are you know master electricians or or journeyman electricians. They always have apprentices, and apprentices are the easy thing, because here's a guy that will carry all my shit for me. You know, <laughs> so you know. I think that, you know, humans are always trying to game the system and, and, uh, we're intellectually lazy. We're physically lazy. And so witchcraft ultimately, even, you know, a thousand years ago was taken the easy way. Um, you know, you look at ancient Greece and, and rather than try to, you know, build a, a destiny or uh you know try to do the hard work for a nation people sought out the oracle and oracle would tell them you know hey you aren't destined for this you're destined for that so then they'd give up because i'm taking the easy way the oracle says it's not going to happen anyway so i put in the hard work so basically one thing i really want to get into is you know you have your let's let's let me ask you this question: What is what is Wicca in the true sense? It's a modern religion that was made up by people, uh, not unlike uh, Scientology uh, or any other uh, Moonies, uh, any of the other you know spiritual um, results of the Age of Aquarius. You know, 1960s summer of love. Is this movement? Where your opinion will differ from some others that you know. Well, yes, because people will try to tell you that uh, this is actually, you know, what they used to practice. Well, no, it's not. Gerald Gardner and Aleister Crowley invented this stuff in the 1940s and 1950s. Everything that they're practicing, other than, you know, the ancient Greeks, ancient Romans actually you know invented these mythologies that they're you know using aspectarian lies for whatever they're trying to do and that's one of those other things about ancient times is in ancient times you didn't have witches that uh were necessarily worshiping the whole pantheon of gods in a city like athens athena was the goddess of the city the temples in athens were the temples to athena they they weren't, you know, uh, Sparta, for example, had, had a temple to Mars. They were warriors. They didn't have, you know, a, a temple there to somebody else because Mars was the god of the city. You might offend the god of the city if you had, you know, a temple to somebody else there. Yeah, makes sense. Wow. You know, Rome, Rome is probably one of the... Uh, ones that's an example of having more of a pantheistic uh, sort of relationship with the whole pantheon of gods. In fact, they're, you know, the, the pantheon in Rome, ancient Rome, still there today, and it was a temple built to the whole pantheon of gods. Right, right. Let me ask you about the, the gender neutrality of Wicca. So, you know, you there isn't any. 
Yeah, that's that's where I'm getting to. So, so that's duality. It's based on duality. You have a high priest and a high priestess. Yeah, for a reason. And that was my question. A lot of people believe that most witches, quote unquote, witches are are female, and then you have some male witches. Now, author Susanna Lipscomb, who's who's a you know an English um, author, specializes in you know Tudor times and European history. Um, was quoted as saying is that in the early you know 16th century Moscow male witches outnumbered female witches seven to three and in Normandy France three to one so in some places historically at least there were more male witches but well I'd want her to find what she means by witch yeah and and who knows I mean but but the point is is that you know from a practicing standpoint um, in, in a modern Wicca coven. You have a high priest and a high priestess. Usually the high priestess is the one who is the main person and the high priest is kind of her assistant. Uh, but ritual requires the presence of both male and female, male and female energy. It's, it's what makes up the whole spirit energy. Well, what about a solitary witch, someone who's not part of ceremonial coven magic or you know what i mean somebody who just somebody who's a house they'd be witch. They'd, they'd just be the you know the kitchen witch the 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 lady doing folk magic in her kitchen brewing uh teas and potions and you know it's I, it so so witchcraft for and it's it, witchcraft is really subjective you know i mean because there's different people get out of it what they want out of it you know and it's not it's not up to everybody else to interpret if I'm getting what you what you're saying I mean it's um, well it's definitely the way it's treated I mean which means it's really not a true religion mm -hmm. there is no ultimate authority over modern Wicca dumb um, question Kurt is there a church of witchcraft that I can walk into and sit in a pew and listen to somebody give a sermon about I don't believe so. I do know that there are churches of Satan. Right. Um, which, honestly, is just anti-Christianity. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, um, so so could, could, you know, Wicca, in a sense, be treated as a, you know, a non-profit in the government's eyes? Or is that something that... Oh, but it is. I mean... They have clergy and everything else, uh, just like you know, um, any other religion. Uh, it's it's accepted. However, to to in order to you know get ordained actually in Wicca through one of the several different I don't know if you'd want to call them churches, um, coven lineages, you actually have to go through the all the training. Uh, through you know, your first degree, second degree, third degree. Wow. Uh, so it's you know it's just like with any other you know religion. I mean, you you just can't declare yourself a <laughs> high priest and you know immediately be able to marry people and get get uh, you know your nonprofit status from the government. 
fortunately otherwise everybody would be doing it right right for for monetary reasons <laughs> well i'm l ron hubbard <laughs> yeah you know exactly. he, he started scientology simply so that he could build yachts and not pay taxes exactly and he's long gone and and somebody still is thriving over scientology absolutely so interesting. So basically, you can't just watch the craft and become a high priestess. Correct. Damn it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the that's the full training. Just watch the movie The Craft, and you are now one hundred percent up yeah. to your third degree yeah. in Wicca. Right. Right. Yeah. So, no, that doesn't happen. So, it's just like you know the, these girls, these high school girls girls in the movie they i don't know get in touch with some elemental energy some spirit energy out there and the one becomes possessed by them and then you actually see you know magic you know and it's people aren't shooting lightning bolts out of their fingers that's <laughs> not how this works <laughs> and, and the funniest thing about it is that's still one of those draws i think especially for for younger people is they think you know if i train at this then i'm going to be able to strike down my enemies that bully uh, at third period that doesn't leave me alone and it, it truly that that's never going to happen so is there any element of reality to what you just said can can witchcraft be harnessed in a way to work for you? Uh, if you believe in the power of prayer, then you believe in the power of, of uh, spell magic. There's no difference. Wow, that's, that's going to be huge for some people to hear. I mean, it, essentially, when, when a coven gets together and they do a ritual for a particular purpose, it's no different than when a church gets together. Let's just say, for example, something from recent times. Ukraine gets invaded by Russia. So let's say you have a coven of witches in the United States that don't like that. So they get together and they do, you know, a big ritual against Russia, right? Because Russia's bad. So they do this whole big ceremony. What's the difference between that and going to the Catholic church down the street? And at the Catholic church down the street, everybody plays, prays for Ukraine. No difference in my What's opinion? the difference? Yeah. There is no difference. It's just how you act and how how you're going about the particular ritual that that's different. So it's still the same thing. Prayer is spellcraft. Spellcraft is prayer. Okay, so let's talk about. I guess let's talk about magic. Um, you know the 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 root of what every what every wannabe witch, I guess, or baby witch is what, what they're called in modern times. What they want to get to is the magic part. <laughs> baby witch, that's funny. That's yeah, funny. That's, that's what I, the, I had not heard that term. Yeah, it's called baby witch now in, I guess, social media terms and, you know, this day and age. They, people. They used to be called dabblers. Dabblers, yeah. Uh, so, so same thing, you know, I, I guess. So that's what they want to get to is they don't they don't care about the history, and you know it and I know it. They don't care about the nuts and bolts and the whys and the who's. They just want to, you know, put on the Cheat black the stick and and take the low road and do, you know, do magic. So that's not how it works, right? Absolutely not. I mean, 
the the biggest problem with people who delve into messing with spiritual energies now i i'm sure that that you know i'll I'll probably catch a little hell from one of my buddies on this one because he's actually an avid listener but he is a huge huge science guy i mean uh and, and the physics that that and things that he can espouse on would it, it makes my brain melt but um i I don't think that even from a scientific perspective that he would say that there's no such thing as these spiritual entities that that are talked about in like say ceremonial magic. I would think that wow. probably he would say that there is some sort of energy out there somewhere in the multiverse that you are trying to tap into. Um, wow, big K, big K, tell me if I'm wrong, but uh, I think that that's probably where you would land on that. Um, when you do these things, it, it's like, okay, it, you're sitting in a high school science lab and it's it's a chemistry lab and your chemistry teacher says, okay, I want you to take the purple vial and I want you to add two drops from the yellow vial into the purple vial. And these are the two chemicals that you're mixing. And you're like, oh, I'm going to take the whole yellow vial and I'm just going to pour it in the purple. <laughs> and you have an explosion it's it's kind of the same thing uh if you don't know what you're doing you shouldn't be doing it and these these baby witches as you're calling them or the people who are dabbling they have uh, a, a such a small understanding of what they're trying to connect with that it's dangerous it's dangerous for them mentally it's dangerous for them physically it's da- dangerous for them spiritually Wow. So when you say it's dangerous for them physically, what do you mean by that? Well, watch uh, any of these true crime uh, shows that you see. and you, I mean, the, the big example is those two uh, prepubescent girls in Florida or whatever that started worshiping the hat man and oh, went out and fucking killed somebody. Yeah, the, the uh, yeah, Slender Man. Slender Man, yeah. yeah. And went out and killed somebody. That, that's how it's harmful to you physically, and it's also harmful to you mentally. Uh, uh, you can't tell me you don't think that those two girls were apeshit nuts. Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. So that, that does make a lot of sense. And, of course, spiritually, it could do a lot of damage. Absolutely. I mean, it, it destroyed a whole town. Right. I mean, it, you can see when things like... Well, let's go back to, to Salem, Massachusetts. That town is still scarred by what happened. And that's a deep down spiritual scarring. Probably will never heal. Can you elaborate on, on Salem still being scarred? Yes. Do they make a lot of tourist dollars and stuff off of it? Yes. Um, but they're making tourist dollars off something negative. Right. And when you're there and you're actually in Salem, because I've been to Salem a few times, it's, you can feel just this negative, you know, and I, I'm sorry, but I mean, where else in the world do you see people celebrate the way they do a negative thing? 
you killed 20 people, imprisoned 200 people for nonsense. Yeah, that's that's a somber thought for sure. And they celebrate it. Yeah, they they're they're spiritually scarred. Yeah, that's horrible. They haven't healed from it. Goodness, you know it, it's it's like the people, you know the the American Civil War spiritually scarred our nation. We're still dealing with the spiritual scars uh, of the African slave trade of of the Civil War itself. Sure, you know yeah. which brought an end to that. Um, we haven't healed. Those scars are run deep, and they're spiritual scars. That's why people take such great offense to a marble statue that's in the town square, is because it, deep down, spiritually, it's hurting them. So let's talk about the kinds of witches that there are. And, and again, that's, that's very subjective. So you have coven-based witches, right? So not not all witches right. So coven. So you, you have definitely different traditions within within Wicca, and you know the, the those covens, are, the main covens or whatever that you you find are part of one of of several traditions. There's there's Caledonian Wicca, uh, there's uh, Gardnerian Wicca. Um, so you know, I mean, I could keep going with different different groups. Um, Covenant of the Goddess. Uh, I, I mean, we could yeah. probably list, I don't know, probably 40 different main traditions within Wicca. Yeah, and, and you're going down the traditional path, the, 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 the correct path, but I guess for the, for the average listener in the United States at least, you know, some of the, some of the more layman terms like hereditary or crystal or cosmic witch, green witch, hedge witch, plant witch, gray witch all that stuff. I mean, all that's really subjective on to how people practice or believe, right? Well, yeah. Uh, see, though, I don't... Uh, you, you say, like, crystal witch. Is that somebody who only does magic with crystals? Correct. Yeah, they're, they're focused okay. with magic. So why is that person only working with crystals? I mean, it's all part of the education that you get when you're in a traditional coven is all of these different things using, you know, candle magic, using uh, stones, using all the variety of things. Why are they only focused well, on one thing? L l let me, let me put my, my layman hat on real quick and just interject an opinion. My opinion from the outside looking in as someone who's not an authority on Wicca is that I would say if you have 10 people that practice witchcraft in, in the modern United States or even the world, but I'll speak for the United States. I would say out of those 10 people, a half or less than one belong to a coven. Oh, I, I would probably agree with that, that number. I would, I would say that actual traditional coven membership is, is not there. Right. Um, would, would one put everybody for else the most the part, it's secretive. Yeah. Everybody, everybody else follows into the other buckets of, of labeling themselves as, you know, the crystal witch or the green witch or the hedge witch. So I'm an herbalist. I'm a stone gemologist lover. Uh, you know, when did it cross over into being magic? Yeah. Because to me, you know, somebody who says, well, I'm a, I'm a kitchen witch or I'm a, 
uh, a green witch. You're telling me that you deal with plants more than anything else. Uh, essential oils. Yeah. Um, There's a plant. Uh, potions. You know, things like that, you know. So what makes you different than uh, the person selling the uh, door, selling door-to-door essential oils? <laughs> well, I guess they're selling oils and maybe a plant witch is trying to get something out of his or her use of plants uh, with their intent. Would that be Would that be fair to say? Well, I mean, I don't know them, so I don't know what their well, hi, personal hi. intent would be. But uh, I, I think that that it just becomes a, a hey, look at me! I'm part of a non-counterculture counterculture, calling myself a witch. Love it! I love it. I, that's exactly where I wanted to to get to. Is I just I'm just going to come out with it on a on a scale of one to ten. How much of Modern day Wicca is just pure bullshit. On a scale of one to ten, <laughs> eleven. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm gonna go full Spinal Tap on that one. Holy shit! We're we're gonna turn this up to eleven. Wow! Uh, you know, you just dashed a lot of hopes and dreams for for Halloween. Well, like I said, I was gonna get a lot of hate in this episode. It, traditional covens are hard to find. They're hard to get uh, membership in. Uh, uh, really? It takes some legwork. It takes some time. Uh, yeah, you're, you're spiritually bonding yourself to you know, other people. You know, you, it's not something that the coven goes into lightly, and it shouldn't be something that somebody else goes into lightly. Uh, the high priest and high priestess become your... your uh, religious educator, family relationship that you're building with people that you aren't usually uh, related to. Um, so it, 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 it's deeper than just a friendship. Um, I mean, you're, you're joining a family. It, it sounds like when you use the word family, and if, if these, if the high priestess and the you know the high priest are not deities, are they not like the leaders of a cult? Because that's kind of what I'm hearing here. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, in essence, they they are in charge of their coven. They become your 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 mother and father, you know, your spiritual mother and father. They're, they they take an obligation to train you in the craft, and you take an obligation to learn from them. Okay, so I got some good questions for you. So, what is the what is the intent of a high priest? And a and, you know a priestess. Uh, what what are they getting out of leading a coven? You know, a group of people practicing modern day Wicca. What do they get out of it? That's a good question. I can't answer that question because for for a uh, cult, you know, like let's just say, I don't know, just a just a cult. You know, your your stereotypical cult. You you have a leader that says things that people believe and take to heart spiritually, mentally, and physically, and they. They focus their entire lives, and they give up the outside world, um, and in turn, the the cult leader gets usually it's 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 uh, sexual based and power based. Does does modern day sometimes Wicca, financially based financially also based, yeah is is that part of is is that even remotely part of uh, a coven based in my 
in in my experience in the covens that I have belonged to, uh, no, um, it's not sexual. It's not uh, financially rewarding, um, and that's part of that. If somebody is really truly wishing to be a witch, a uh, Wicca, um, they should be seeking out a traditional coven wow. that the high priest and high priestess aren't doing it because they have something in it. Well, that, that's huge. I've, I've said that a but lot. But it's probably why there are so many solitary practitioners out there is because a high priest and high priestess ultimately are human and, you know, you know human nature. So you do recommend that if somebody wants to get into to Wicca, you know, and practice and become part of that, that they do seek out, you know, a group or a coven. Yes, absolutely. That's incredible. Well, one for learning you're not going to learn everything you should know through books um you're not also going to learn everything on your own there's a certain amount of experiential uh knowledge that you gain from being with others that do the same thing as you so those are important factors i mean and it's it's that way i mean I've even been to different churches where I didn't have any respect for the minister any longer, so I don't attend that church any longer. Mm. It's it's the same sort of thing. I mean, you're you're essentially attaching yourself to a church. I mean, it, it, it's no different. I mean, the difference is that you know there's different gods, there's different hymns, there's different uh, ritual, but ultimately it's the same. Yeah, I, and I'm trying to still visualize. Oh, here comes the hate. I'm feeling it. Well, it'll, it'll come. It'll come. And I, I'm probably getting hate because I ask stupid questions. I'm the layman here. But no, no, no. I, I don't, you know, I, you're trying to understand. Yeah, I very much so. I, I'm very much a non-authority here. And, and I'm trying to visualize going back to a coven, you know, meeting. When when you get together with a group, I can't imagine you're meeting at the local IHOP. But are we are we going into the dark forest and and chanting to the north, south, east, and west? What What's going on? What could I expect? Sometimes. When I, Sometimes, when I, I mean, it, it depends on if it's somebody who, uh, a coven that is meeting in a grove, but uh, lots of times they meet in somebody's house. The, you know, ritual, some people have ritual rooms in their homes that are set up all the time, kind of like a church. <laughs> is it, is it, can, can the, can the person joining a coven expect an eyes wide shut experience? By eyes wide shut, do you mean some <laughs> psychosexual uh crazy experience yes no damn it. Uh, there are, there are certain groups that that's more their gig but a traditional say for example gardnerian wicca no that's nothing nothing remotely what you're going to experience so that's more of the crowley type crowd uh, that's definitely much more the uh oto or yeah covenant of the goddess crowd goodness so how how um how would one different because because from a catholic and you know if you're if you're a young high school girl and you're looking for you know having crazy sex just go to college yeah that's true. it'll happen how would one differentiate from a from an outside or you know from a catholic standpoint or just a you know an um an agnostic standpoint even between 
one who practices Wicca and one who practices Satanism. Well, I mean, Catholicism is kind of hard because Catholicism is is really rooted in a lot of ritual. Um, and there's a lot of things, just like I was talking about earlier uh, with the Strega. Um, villages in Italy, at least, I, I, at least up until the modern era, there was always an old lady in town that was the Strega. She was the one you went to for love potions. She was the one you went to for this. And that, that Strega isn't outside the church. She goes to mass. She goes to confession. She, you know, she just happens to practice kitchen witchcraft, but she's a Christian and she goes to a Catholic church. Right. Um, so from a Catholicism perspective, um, it, it's, it's granny down the street. That's a witch, you know, yeah. they just call it something different. Striga. Um, now like a modern American fundamentalist Christian, that's, it, it's the same as, as demonic because it ain't Jesus. Yeah. You're worshiping something that's not Jesus. So you're going to hell. Are are you familiar with the Bell Witch story? Enlighten me. The one that happened, you know, it's a story that happened back in the, I think, 1700s in Adams County. I believe Adams County, Tennessee, with um, the, the movie American Haunting was, was based on the story. It's the only documented case where someone was documented as dying from a ghost or you know spiritual means and supposedly a witch was involved in a property dispute with the uh uh the bell family and um you know she cursed the family and actually wound up killing one of the bell family members is that from a witchcraft standpoint of course they're going to call you know the 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 witch a witch um but what what kind of a witch could she possibly have been? Well, it wouldn't be a traditional Gardnerian Wicca, uh, and it harm none do what thou wilt. I mean, there actually is harm going out there towards someone. Um, honestly, without really going and investigating the whole history of, of that particular incident, uh, I still call bullshit on the fact that the ghost killed somebody. But oh, you know, <laughs> you know me, Kurt. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you know, I I'm not familiar with the the American haunting story. So, yeah. um, now haunting in Connecticut, I'm familiar with that one. But oh, fair enough. T- totally different uh, uh, spectrums, but um, yeah, f- for sure that's that's a kind of a classical case of just paranormal history. But it, to me, there was there was not a witch per se involved, but just something that they, the, you know, the local so people, this, this bell person's autopsy, what did it say? Caused I, their death. I, I, don't, I don't think there was an autopsy. It was that long ago. I mean, it was, um, somebody who died during a supernatural attack and that's how it was documented. You know, it's not something that we can go back and. So it's about. folklore. Yeah, it's folklore. Um, but it's written folk. It's, it's, it's written history. Um, but, whether or not it has anything to do with the actual witch. Is- so the newspapers at the time said, hey, a witch killed this person. Or the spiritual so. energy, entity killed somebody. Yeah, I believe so. I believe I'll, so. Have to, I'll have to dig into that one because yeah, it, it, it sounds interesting to me. 
It's supposedly How a in documented it? case of someone dying from a from a spiritual attack. Blamed on a witch. Or other Blamed on a spiritual yeah. attack. So I just interesting. I just thought I'd bring it up, but um so let's talk about intent real quick. You know, black witch, white witch. You've all you've you've heard that before, you know, your intent. Oh yeah. Practicing for good or bad. Now I've heard of a gray witch, somebody in between, somebody that tries to <laughs> To, to practice for both reasons. I mean, is that something? All, all, all terms bandied about by baby witches. <laughs> yeah. So the, I mean, there, there isn't a, a white witch. There isn't a black witch. There isn't a gray witch. It, it's witchcraft is its own thing. Wicca is its own thing. Um, for somebody to say, I'm a white witch, that's, hey, I want to be in the counterculture. But I don't want you to be scared of me. Yeah. Um, black witch. I'm a goth person. Check me out. And the gray witch. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Is that like Fifty Shades or? <laughs> Depends on which coven. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've actually not heard the term gray witch. Yeah, I just I dug it up. You know me. I I look up a, a few things, but. One of the terms I found. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Do you know where the whole broomstick thing came from? The I broomstick don't. thing is is old, old, old. Um, I believe it even goes back like Baba Yaga and some of the the Slavic uh, wow yeah. uh, folklore around you know that hag in the woods sort of thing. Um, and then you know in the early 1900s late 1800s when cinema first you know got going um there was a uh, i can't remember the name of the the film but it was made in like sweden or whatever and they they have like a flight of witches in the movie and they're all riding broomsticks um so you know a broom is a is a, a traditional home tool and so you know, you've got the, the old hag that lives down the street that nobody likes, and she's kind of secretive and stuff, but she has a broom. So, right. you know, it's it, it's just, a, you know, a symbol of hearth and home that uh, everybody has a broom in their house. And so, you know, it just sort of got shoved in that not only does she have a broom, but she rides that thing at night. And was was the broom and the hat and the traditional visual um, stereotype of a witch born out of Hollywood, you know, since the birth? Absolutely. Okay. And not necessarily Hollywood, but cinema. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So if you were to look at the depictions in books prior to the birth of cinema, what would a witch look like? Just a person? Yeah. You know, and, you know, for example, in... in the European witch hunts, they actually had all kinds of different tests to figure out if somebody was a witch. Um, prodding them with bodkins in different parts of their body. If somebody had a mole, they'd poke them with a pin, and if, that, if they didn't react to that mole getting poked by the pin, then they were a witch because they didn't feel the pain. You know, so there were all kinds of different ways to, you know, judge people, get 
as a witch, you know, other what they considered at the time to be a scientific way of proving it. Uh, dunking, you know, it it makes me think of the uh, Monty Python uh, uh, and the Holy Grail, where they have this whole discussion about witches uh, will float because they weigh as much as wood, and wood floats. So you know they're. Monty Python and the Holy Grail's comedy, you know, and yeah. and so, but the whole witchcraft and witch hunting and and stuff was a whole. There were there's actually whole books out there. The Malice Manfair Karam, which was the the guide to uh, hunting witches, mm-hmm. different tests that you could use um, to to determine whether or not someone was a witch because a witch didn't look like a witch a witch looked like you looked like me nobody knew so you know you you know they didn't wear the hat they didn't you know no one was ever actually caught physically riding across the night on a broomstick <laughs> you know caught red-handed you know so yeah i mean all this sort of you know the 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 conical hat which is actually you know just an extension of the puritan hat and um this is all stuff that over you know cinema and television and stuff we've you know changed we've you know made it you know it wasn't really until i think post-world war ii that for halloween the images of the witch were were Everything was exactly the same as uh, in um, Wizard of Oz. Oh wow! You know yeah. the green, yeah. big nose with the wart hat. You know deal. Sure. You yeah. know <clears throat> that stereotypical Halloween witch. Right. You know, and honestly, I mean that's why there were two hundred people arrested in Salem was. They weren't all running around, you know, green faces and and big noses and uh, warts and. Hey, let's talk about. I've heard of a witch's familiar. You know, the use of cat or what is a witch's familiar? Well, it's an animal, a pet that you have a spiritual connection with, that uh, is meant. Uh, to help you with your spell work and things. Okay. Um, it, it's not a necessity, but so that's another thing that's born out of the old um, uh, Malice Manfred Karam uh, ideas of how you tell who's a witch. Oh, she has a black cat. Oh. And she feeds, so she must be a witch. <laughs> so you know your your whole modern Wicca uh, is going and celebrating those scars, those bad things that you know aren't real. You know they weren't true of of most of your people. Like I said, you know the Strega could be your grandmother. She just lives, just lives down the street. Right. She just happens to be somebody that that you know reads poems and. You know, makes love potions. You know, so uh, you know it, it's it, it, we in the United States do a lot of um, I don't know celebrating negatives. Mm-hmm. 
And most of it is because we don't understand the history and the traditions surrounding where this stuff comes from. A familiar was one of those signs that they used to find witches back in the 1615 and 1600s. That's so interesting. And it, and it's such such an ingrained part of today's culture when it when you talk about a witch, the black cat. Right. Yeah. And it's it, it's actually born out of a negative. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That is so interesting. So let me ask you, what's the one important takeaway that you want people to know about Wicca? That it's a modern religion, that it's it's something that has what we know as Wicca today is a modern invention. And and do you recommend that someone without any experience <clears throat> get involved with the quote-unquote religion or just um you know, is that something that it, if if they want to, but I strongly encourage them seeking a traditional path, not doing things on their own, actually going and seeking out a coven that actually exists or has existed or has the history to have existed at least in the last 50 years? Well, not necessarily you, Kurt, but why? if I pose that question to anyone else, why would one not recommend someone just join a church? People do it all the time. Jehovah's Witnesses show up at my door all the time. <laughs> I mean, the watchtower. Yeah, I mean... Traditional Wicca covens don't proselytize. They don't go knocking door to door trying to get people to join. Yeah, that wouldn't be um, good. <laughs> no, I mean, but it, it's actually something that, that is against the the belief system uh, of modern Wicca, or I should say Wicca, because that's almost like saying modern, modern. Um, it's, you don't, you let, you let them seek you. Um, but I mean, most of your mystery tradition stuff is that way. I mean, uh, Masons don't try to get people to join. Um, people seek out the Masons to join them. I don't know. You know it, I see the Facebook ads all the time. Well, to be one, ask one. <laughs> that, that doesn't, that's not advertising. Become a 90th it's not, it, Scottish Rite Mason for 1995. I see it all the time in Facebook. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, you know I'm going to get the, the, the witchcraft or join the coven ads here in a few. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that'll be funny. Um, but no, I mean, you know, mystery traditions don't seek out followers. They expect followers to seek them. Uh, it's the way it is for mystery, true mystery traditions. What do you? There was actually a lot of backlash in the in the seventies and eighties when uh, guys like Ray Buckland and uh, Scott Cunningham were writing books and having them published, because these are you know mystery traditions. You're not. This isn't stuff you're just supposed to share with the general public. Where does the the as above so below come from? The Bible. Enlighten me. That which happens in the heavens happens on earth, as above, so below. And that, and that's that phrase is based. Um, it's it's biblical. It's biblical, but it's yep. used widely in in witchcraft or Wicca. Wicca. Yeah, odd, isn't it? Yeah. 
so mote it be is also biblical and that's used by wicca that is something that's embraced by you know wicca well yeah i'm starting to see the pattern here yeah very much so. <laughs> and you're drawing it out of me so i'm i'm trying <laughs> yeah, to bring it up so people get a better understanding of these you know this phraseology and terms um, you know it's like i said as above so below that it, it's it's even i i have even heard um a physicist say as above so below well you know and from a from a, a personal spiritual standpoint and even really from a scientific standpoint you got to kind of lean that way i mean without dark do you have light I mean, can one thing exist without the other? The yin and the yang of the universe, whether it's spiritual or physical. Cosmic duality. Yes. Like, I mean, but it, but from a from a Wicca standpoint these days, it's it's thrown around a lot, you know, as above, so below, and they they have their you know their their phraseology, like I put it that you hear um i think it's all part of a grand package of people wanting to belong to something more interesting and powerful well it's <clears throat> hey look at me i'm in a counterculture yeah but when does the counterculture no longer be counterculture yeah um uh when when we were younger uh many places in the united states it was and the world it was still illegal to be gay now most places it's legal to be gay is being part of the the pride community the gay community still a counterculture or is it regular culture now it's, so it's so those regular. are the those are the kinds of things that you know i i don't really understand about and and it tends to be youthful people they want to be part of something counterculture so they attach themselves to uh, Wicca or whatever, and when you've got, you know, I don't know, <clears throat> let's just say a million people that are part of a counterculture, is it now a counterculture or is it a culture? It, it's become a culture. It's no longer counterculture. It's not against anything. Nobody's standing against them. Right. Right. Yeah, do what you want. Love who you want. You know, except, you know, except modern day church would view Wicca as being, you know. Well, and that's kind of the funny word. thing is we're we're at this this kind of apex in American culture now, teetering on this apex where that that traditional Christian um, culture is starting to become the counterculture. Wow. What do, you, what do you think, you know, some people that understand witchcraft and, you know, the historical part of witchcraft and the deeper parts and even modern day, I guess that's an oxymoron, but let's just call it Wicca. What do you think people listening to this podcast right now and your comments, what do you think they'll think about this show? Well, I, I, I know some, um, and, and, you know, you know, uh, a, we have a mutual friend that actually was a high priest of one of my covens. Um, that I don't think he'd have much wrong with 
what I've said um, as far as Wicca goes. Um, it burns him. I, I know from having conversations with him, the amount of dabblers that, that are out there running around saying that they're a high priest or high priestess. Um, and so, you know, and I also think that at the same time, he's one of those people that's kind of upset that Wicca is no longer really a counterculture because he, you know, he's 20, 25 years older than we are. And for him, when he was a youth, nobody was doing it. And now, I mean, I, you turn the corner and there's somebody with, uh, you know, witch stickers on their car. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And, and, and you have all these paranormal shows on these networks where every other person that comes on the screen is a witch or a, a psychic or psychic. Yeah. You know what I think of psychics. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other great topic. But I think that's going to be our next show is psychics. That would be a great topic. Oh, no, I, I still think we need to do our own personal ghosts. Experiences. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Moving into to the Halloween area, we're gonna we're gonna get personal. Uh, I think our own version of Ghost to Ghost AM. I, I definitely want to hear the 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 Kurt Skinwalker story. Oh yeah, it's a it's a good one. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I I mentioned that, and I got a fly flying around me now. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> I haven't seen a fly like all summer. Now there's a fly in the studio. Any one of those assault guns. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Shoots a little blast of salt. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'm I'm sad that Vanessa um, couldn't be a part of the show because she's you know, I, she's not she's not a uh, you know into wicker or anything like that or practicing, but she's 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 interested in dark things shadow things you know what i mean that's part of the show and yeah you know she's interested in the you know that kind of uh pop culture let's put it and i think that's where a lot of people go with it is they're they're interested in the pop culture of it um so i'm sad that she wasn't a part of it because she may have had some good questions for you i just wanted to, to bring you out and not bring you out bring well, it's just out. like the vampire thing which is going to start kicking off again yeah. Uh, even more so now because they're getting ready to start a new uh, interview with the Vampire series. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I wish they wouldn't. I mean, uh, I wish they wouldn't either. Um, however, it does excise uh, Tom Cruise as Lestat out of people's perspective, which is great. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I had they they've moved the time period of uh, of Louis becoming a vampire about a hundred years, which really skews some of the story. Ah, yeah, interesting. You know, uh, another thing that I, I think it was um, I want to say USA Network did a a series um, based on the Exorcist movie. Um, so it was a two season series. We just actually finished it. And the first, you know, the first series or the first season was excellent because it was based on a, a single solitary demonic exorcist case, but, um, or demonic possession case rather. 
but the second was just way out there and it had multiple demons and multiple locations and it just got kind of foo-foo. But I, I really wish that Hollywood would leave alone these great classic movies like Interview with the Vampire and The Exorcist. Well, it's impossible for them to do that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's all great literature. And so instead of trying to find something new to make a movie out of, let's just redo. Yeah, it's the low road again. Yeah. Yep, let's be lazy. Yeah, you know, where are the creative? There's, there's, you know, they're gone. I, I, I honestly, at this point, think that they're gone. Yeah, you know, there's a ton of Robert Heinlein stories that have never been made into movies. Let's do those. You know, I mean, I know that everybody has this, you know, cosmic hard on for Philip K. Dick stories at this point, but. You know, he was one of many great sci-fi writers at the time. You know, and, and you know, Church of Scientology even tried to push uh, L. Ron Hubbard's stuff into movies, and that didn't work. People just kind of walked out of the theater laughing. And, and it, it makes for great entertainment. Well, entertainment. I don't know about great. I don't know. <laughs> Anytime we, we see a Scientology-based um, program we try to watch it because it's just so fascinating to see this is a whole other topic and show but to see people just get so thrown into Scientology it's just it's amazing well and I think you know so that for example in contrast to the modern Wicca movement since we're still you know on our witchcraft subject um, you can only get everything Scientology wise by paying the church right where because there's so much as far as Wicca goes published uh, there's literally hundreds of different authors that have written countless books you don't have to go down to the local church of Scientology have your head examined and then pay you know five grand to get your next lesson you just go down to the local library, check the book out, read it. Yeah, huge difference. You don't have to fork over your reoccurring bank account debit. Right. So, or, you know, they'll let you work it off, too. Well, that, that's some appeal there. Going back to the coven thing, are there, are there tithings in a coven? There's no tithe. Really? No. Well, no need, really. Is, is, there, um, is there fellowship? You know, in a sense. Absolutely. Really? That's probably... Yeah, I mean, these people become your family. Yeah. You do everything with them. Right, right. That makes sense. Okay. Well, I've been feeling... In, including outside of ritual and outside of, you know, coven. You, you, you meet up with them for drinks if they're, you know, which, you know, yeah. I, I do have to say this. There are a large quantity of people who are in Wicca that are in recovery, so that's not always the... You know what's going on but you you do meet and you do socialize outside of coven but you know usually after ritual you also have big meal and sit down and you know break bread with with, with you know your family kurt what i don't want you to 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 divulge your experience but what what could somebody expect out of a coven meeting i'm still trying to get to that <sighs> Well, a lot of times, you know, they're, they're around either the, the eight major holidays or every full moon. So, you know, full moon, you go and you do a full moon ritual. 
you know, when you're at, let's say, we just passed Maybon, which is the uh, uh, end of summer, beginning of fall, um, you're going to do rituals that are based around, you know, the change from the growing season to the harvest season. I mean, what could you expect? Um, you know, if I joined the coven and I'm going to my first gathering or meeting, am I going to, am I going to be, you know, in certain attire or am I going to, it depends on the coven, um, you know, more traditional gardenarian Wicca, um, they're gonna, you're going to be wearing robes yeah, because it's traditional, um, Usually black robes. I'm not trying to be um, funny, but I would feel much more witchy if I had a robe on rather than a pair of Levi's and a T-shirt. Right. Well, but then there are, you know, there are less formal, less traditional uh, Wicca covens, from what I understand, that they don't care, come as you are, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, you know, as a dedicant, which is what an initiate is called, uh, the first... Uh, ritual you're there they do your dedication they take your measure um, which then taking your measure is there's certain measurements of the body that are like a fingerprint so they take your measure and then that is held by the coven it, it's kind of like the thing that guarantees your your oath to the coven wow this is really good stuff because the majority of people listening have no idea, you know, what's all involved. Yeah, it it, it, it really it depends on the tradition that you're you're joining or becoming part of. Right, right. What? And you know, different groups have different things. I mean, there's you know, there's the uh, ADF, which is the the Druid. Uh, organization and I don't know anything about what they do inside their 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 ritual stuff um, but me and Isaac Bonowitz who was the uh, founder of the ADF we had some deep heated arguments with each other so holy shit people scratching their heads like what the hell <laughs> this is great man this is but then great. again the guy who took over for for Bonowitz when he passed away uh, Ian and I, uh, we've had all kinds of friendly talks. So, it, you know, I, Isaac was an interesting person. Um, I know the answer, but can you can you say whether or not you still practice at all? I do not. Not not in, a, in an active coven or anything. No. Um, right. I don't know. Uh, I stopped doing that uh, probably 10, 15 years ago, maybe. Sure. Started attending church. Don't really find a church that I enjoy. So, you know, it's just me being me, being the spiritual guy I am. Hey, I love it. I love it. That's that's where I'm trying to find myself at, too. I know there's a spiritual side of me, but I don't know where to put it. You know what I mean? It, it's not going to be in a coven unless there's an eyes wide shut experience, and I'm just playing. <laughs> well, you know, if we were getting together at your house, I was going to wear my pineapple shirt today. God damn it, the pineapple shirt, <laughs> the upside down pineapple, which, which I picked ship. up, which I picked up on a Virgin Voyages cruise. Oh my goodness! 
<laughs> yeah, I read about I read all about the pineapples outside of your doors on the on the cabins on cruises. <laughs> on adult cruises. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, until about six months ago, I had never in my life heard that. <laughs> I thought it was a whole SpongeBob thing, you know. Well, and and that jokingly, that's what that uh, the article said. You know, it's not SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, but uh, yeah, I had never heard that whole pineapple on the door thing until about six or eight months ago. So that's that's something new. In a, in a culture that has all kinds of their own symbology that had nothing to do with pineapples. Yeah, you know what? A lot of people going back to the you know the Wicca part, even even historical witchcraft, people view that as in you know vampirism um, as being sexualized or even romantic. I mean, why do you think that well, is? Because a lot of the, the modern Wicca groups were founded in, you know, in the, the 60s, 70s counterculture of free love, uh, I think that's where a lot of that sexual stuff as far as Wicca comes from. Um, but, I mean, every secret society or society that you can't just join that, uh, you know, requires some sort of, you know, I don't know, um, personal sacrifice mm -hmm. to become a member of, um, gets all kinds of things said about people who are members uh, masons is a great example of, of you know people who on the outside trying to say things about the organization but they're on the outside and they're not members and they don't know what's going on and so they make shit up right but i mean there there have been and i can fully 100 percent acknowledge this that within wicca that's why I tell I, I said earlier that people need to really try to find if they're going to join a coven, find one where there isn't an expectation of something they don't want to do for membership, because there are all kinds of you know stories back in the you know seventies and eighties where a high priest or high priestess was using the coven as a sexual outlet right yeah yeah i guess that would be something that people would still hold on to and kind of uh you know visualize as part of their you yeah know. and and of course then you also have you know the oto and mm -hmm. and things like happened in, at the parsonage in in pasadena california where it was sex rituals right you know and hey Everybody's invited. Let's get the whole town in here. <laughs> you know? Everybody's naked. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, what, what, 1938, you walk into this mansion in Pasadena, and the first thing you see is women walking around naked. Right. What the hell's going on here? Sounds like the Playboy Mansion. Right. Kind of like a early, early Playboy Mansion. Right. Yeah. Well, Kurt, this has been fun. 
I think we're going to wrap it and uh, put this one in the books and get it get it out there to people. But um, yeah, any any last words on the topic that you want to share with anybody? Um, just yeah, probably not. Now, I I I, I mean, I could go into you know things on like where the word Wicca comes from and the fact that saying somebody is Wiccan is actually uh, a modern bastardization. Um, there's no such thing as being Wiccan. Uh, you're a Wicca, and it means wise person in Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's just so much that other things that could be said about, you know, our our the modern religion of Wicca. Yeah, and, and those are fantastic closers because this that was the purpose of this show, bringing someone on who, in my opinion, is a subject matter expert on the topic, on to dispel the the myths and the truths and the you know and just just dish it out in reality, and it is a shadow thing topic because people don't know anything about it other than what they've been spoon fed from television and film. So I appreciate you coming on, you know, and, and talking about the topic and really giving people a clear, um, biased but unbiased view of the topic. So, Kurt, um, you know, it's been a pleasure again and hope you have you on board for the next one. We're going to talk about our uh, personal paranormal experiences for the near Halloween show here on the Shadow Thing Excellent. podcast. So appreciate it, Kurt. Maybe we'll be in studio. We will definitely be in studio for the next one. And for everyone listening, uh, catch Shadow Things Podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast at. And check us out on YouTube as well or at shadowthings.net. Take care. that's it for this week's show thanks for stopping by and sitting around the campfire with us or hanging out in the creepy attic listening to this now in the books episode of the shadow things podcast and just remember on behalf of myself and my co-host stay in the light and out of the shadows